This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. In your Chelsea days, who was parched? PR person for England was like, you can't do that. Dave, there was a player who went full frontal the other day, I saw it. We've had two instances so far in the Premier League. Series 6 now, I think this is, right? I don't think we've discussed the charge, the art of charging. Kovacic, <laughs> charger. <laughs> I'd rouse with him all the time. I think I'd be a good driver. Oh, you yeah. bet. I'm real <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Peter Crouch Podcast with me, Joe Cole. Peter Crouch, Chris Stark and Statman Dave are with me as usual. All right, boys? How was that? All right, that was fantastic, man. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, Joe? Thanks for doing this, mate. I appreciate it. Last couple of episodes have been goalkeepers. Mm. And I think we've dug deep on that, haven't we? And there's been a certain amount of rivalry, I think it's fair to say, between Crouchy and the goalkeepers we've had on. Like striker, goalkeeper... Yeah. Uh, battle, I think it's fair yeah. to say. So it's going to be a different dynamic this one, I think. Well, it's nice because we worked together on BT as well, and like you know, we've been we've been getting a little bit of grief when we we stood together. Um, the Driscoll brothers, we've been um, called from Only Fools and Horses. Whenever they set us up, I should always be closest to the camera because I'm yeah. with him, Jake, and Rio. I just look like the mascot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like trying to get the touch screen out and get serious on football, and I just look like I've won a competition. <laughs> That's so, me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm national average height. How high are you? Five foot nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. Like, cause everyone goes, oh, little Joe Cole. I'm like, I'm average height. Is but, he? Statman Dave? Yeah. It is five foot nine, 175.3 centimetres. Oh, Which is saying you're, you're tall on that. So that half is above the national yeah. That's why I throw the half <laughs> off it. So you're saying Joe Cole is above average height? Absolutely. Thank you. It's blowing your, your mind, didn't it? It's blowing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know... <laughs> Somebody's stats are bollocks. <laughs> anyway, national average. Happy with that. You know, when uh, <laughs> when you actually did burst on the scene and you did play, you you looked like a kid. Uh, like, your kit was big. You had so much ability, but like you were playing in a... Yeah. At that time, it was full of six foot plus yeah. fellas. I was an unusual player because I was a street footballer, pure street footballer. So I had all the skill in the world, could do all the, all the tricks and that. So then when I, t- I took that onto the pitch, I was still a child, effectively, but I had this ability that other people didn't have. So it sort of... And Harry was great with me. Harry used to just go, right, just go out and play. My first start was at Wimbledon, Sellers Park. And I remember Harry going to me, um, who's your favourite player, son? And I said, oh, Frank Ozola. He went, go and play like him. That was it. That was all he said to me in the game. And I just went out. I didn't. I did all right. But also, I think I didn't really get to grips with the tactical side of the game until 
until I went to Chelsea, like went to Chelsea really, Mourinho just sort of can't mess about. So he got me on that one. But yeah, I think I was just a street footballer playing did, in the Premier did, League. Did you find that tough, like going to Chelsea and when Mourinho, obviously he had you off yeah. the left, yeah, and and yet you know tracking back and doing yeah. something maybe that you you not been used yeah. to. You know, it's like back in the late in the early noughties, you had to be on it defensively. So I have, you know, I had all that in the locker, but with Mourinho, the demands went up levels. I was like, got to do this, you got to do that, and you got to do that. And he just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And I think he knew the sort of character I was, and I was eating out the palm of his He's a brilliant manager. Because he come in and he said to the lads from day one, I'm like, Jose, and this is what I've won. And he had a list of like, all the things that the lads won. And apart from Makaleli, we'd won nothing, like really. like He listed all the things that he's well, won. He just said, look, I'm Jose. Champions League winner. I know how to win. Like, he just, you know, like, he spoke with such conviction. He was like, right, I'm on board. And then he went, right, you lot, none of you have won anything. Because at the time, Lampard, <laughs> you know, JT, you know, it was only Makaleli who'd had any kind of career where they'd won something. A couple of lads have won a few trophies here and there, but nobody of significance. He said, if you follow me, we'll be champions on this day. Then he, he put the date and it was like three or four games for the end of the season. And a part of me was like going... Is this guy for real? Like, he's like, but then another part of me was like, because he was so impressive on the training pitch and he just had this aura, you just, you just followed him into to battle. Like, if, you, if Jose would have told you the sky was red, that was it. Mm. The sky was red. And we all bought into it. And, uh, that like, sounds a bit David Brennan place. It though, does. It? Like, but that's what I mean. But there's keep a thin doing what line. You're doing. Yeah, but like, there's yeah. a thin line between David Brennan and genius, ain't there? Mm. He never got the guitar out or anything. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was good. So yeah. when so when you were with um, Mourinho, did mm. it, like my perception of him has always been that he comes into a, a squad and then singles out a couple of people that yeah. are going to be sacrificed. He identified straight away: John Terry, Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba, Petacek was going to be the spine of his team, and maybe the senior players like Makaleli treated different everyone else. And bearing in mind, he has some top players. He, so so if I weren't playing, Damian Duff would have been in, or Robin would have been in. And then later on, Sean Wright Phillips and in that sort of wide area. So he, he knew he could replace us. It was like for like to a certain degree, but he couldn't replace JT. He couldn't replace Frank and Drogba and Petr Cech. So he, he treated them slightly, he felt like he treated them slightly different. And that was a brilliant move. I had loads of, I had rows with him all the time. What, what was it like? So talk, talk us through those moments. Like, I think we got a bit of a insight with the documentary that went out with yeah. Tottenham. I don't know if you watched that. Yeah. I don't know how true it was to your memories of yeah. being in those moments. He was a lot nicer to the Tottenham players than he was to was me. Was he? Yeah. And people thought he was a bit abrupt, didn't they, in that documentary. Yeah. Now, we've had things like, I remember playing a game. And I think I, I set up a couple of goals. We won just a normal home game. I, I can't remember where it was. I went through on goal and I had Crespo to the right of me and I tried to give it the eyes, give it the eyes and then give it to Crespo and he tapped it in. But he's... He's not read the eyes. I've eyes dimmed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's not there. So like, I look like, I look yeah. shit. Like basically, I've gone through and I've done that, passed it there. He's not there. It could have been 3-0. But no no harm done. We won the game 2-0. And I'm sitting there stretching my calves with the lads and he's just come, Gaffer's come over and I think he's going to be like, wow, well done yesterday. When you see you, boy, you will never play for me again. You, you've done that shit. You'll never play for me again. And then walked off. And I thought, what have I done? <laughs> Have I run over his cat on the way to work or something? He would be excellent at breaking up with someone, wouldn't he? 
He's just so like I couldn't deal with. I can't deal with breakup. Like, what are you the words confrontational? Yeah. Well, I, clearly, what he thinks is like steps ahead. Yeah. So he'll start to plant little things. I had an argument with him. I went into the room and I said, "Right." I said, "How am I not playing?" And he's playing. I, I want to leave. He went. He went. All right, you can leave. He went. Twenty-five million. What? I'm worth twenty-five million. <laughs> he went. Yeah. I went. Were you leaving a twenty-five million player for on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> and he went. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> so like it, looking back on it now, it adds it had comedy. In your Chelsea days, who was parched? Ooh. <clears throat> well, we had so many managers, didn't we? So it was like it's gotta be JT. Yeah, JT, sure. you know, he does he does come across as parched because he's very much Yeah, JT the manager. JT he, Parch Mourinho, wouldn't he? Oh god, yeah. JT and Frank were there was a core I said the core. Petacek, JT Frank and Didier were all very close to Mourinho the rest of us just got the cold shoulder (laughs) (laughs) you were seriously hydrated yeah I was hydrated mate hydration levels were <laughs> there's this quote from John Terry he says I would give everything and leave that pitch in a coffin for him <laughs> talking about Mourinho that is parch like behaviour that isn't is it? parch like that's parchy yeah would Mourinho respond well to a parching no nah he was too like it, it, Mourinho is in control of every situation he's in at all times there's no pulling the wall over his there's no so he knows yeah. someone's attempting to parch him yeah. so yeah. you're someone you know that group that spine you've got there right yeah. if someone one player from a different kind of group tried to Robin for yeah. instance yeah. you know top player he started parching yeah and w- would, w- it wouldn't happen would not happen Jose was the um, was the best at like just like putting a player down I, I think as well managers when they're angry are at their most funniest oh, especially because yeah. they've, they've got they're cutting and they're good with words and like yeah. and they want to belittle yeah. you and, and in front of the lads and you're so hard not to Harry was amazing at it yeah. uh, when he was his angriest he was his funniest yeah. you've seen it you know when he gets hit by the ball you see he's angry he's, how funny is that yeah. Tony Pierce's amazing line me and Joe discussed this the other day fuming with us you lot getting carried away with yourself you bang average players in a fantastic system <laughs> it's brilliant <laughs> Great line. <laughs> I, I just reminded me of another one from, from Jose, right? Ricky Carvalho, obviously, great player. He had a row with Jose about something. After the game, he didn't play. And Jose's gone, you will never play again for me. You will never play. John Terry, number one. Gallas, number two. Robert Hoof, three. Young kid, number four. And he went, kick man, Mick, I'll play Mick ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like that I've got <laughs> Mick he's his 50 year old friend Mick Darby on him like that <laughs> Carvalho it's Ricky Carvalho no it's not bad was it? <laughs> it feels to me that you were both players that were on the, the sort of cusp of quite a big change in football yes and I think everyone yeah. looks back and goes oh my time was the best like in any job or as a fan it does feel like you were part of both you had a sort of foot in the old oh, school God, yeah. and a foot in the new school I, I absolutely loved the fact that I was a part of that kind of old school mm. mentality kept coming through as in the youth team with that mentality it was very harsh it was tough sink or swim at times that kind of thing but then and then being the up through the other side where it's ultra professional when dietitians came in nutritionists you know phys, the physios were different it was a big team behind the team basically I was it was there's good pros and cons to both of those, I think. Yeah. And I think, like, you mentioned it before, Kyle, so you made your, you were part of the England squad. 
in the year 2000. And yeah. bearing in mind, Joe's younger than me. I made my debut in the 99-2000 season for QPR. Joe's playing for England at that time. Wow. Uh, that, we, you must have been involved with like Seaman, Imps, yeah. you know, that, that kind of era. Yeah. And and how old are you when you walk into that dressing room and what's must it like? Must have been, I think my first squad I was in was, my, well, I know the game. We can check the dates. The 7th of October, 2000. <laughs> Here you go. Wow. So is that early? Yeah, yeah, it would have been 18 there. Yeah, probably 18. Yeah, so I think that's the end of my first season. So you were at QPR. Yeah, QPR. He's playing for You were starting at England. I got in the squad, yeah, first squad. Um, What's that like? You know, you get the call. So how old are you there? 18? Yeah, I don't even know if I could drive. I can't remember. I didn't didn't drive myself, but I can't even... Anyway, I got the call up and I've turned up. and, And to be fair, and I'll always remember this, do you know like the Beckham... Skullsies and the Nevilles, mm. they were great. They were like, right the way through my England career as a young player, they always looked after us and made sure I was all right and was welcoming. But then, get into your room, first training, met Keegan and all that, just come and enjoy yourself. You're not going to play, but you know, big part of the future plans for us and blah, 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 whatever. Going to training, I got on the coach and I think, where do I sit? And uh, <laughs> it's a nervous, I just see the hugest paper, the Financial Times, like that. Tony Adams like, and I'm like he just give me the little like come and sit here mate it's so big he, tones on the financial big tones times. on the that's financial like, or, that's like some Corden sketch or something I know it? I know <laughs> almost not real yeah. like comic Getting relief footsie numbers in it I know, I know and I'm like let me go and sit next to, the, to Tony and we're just chatting away and this paper's so big I've just got no room to sit on this thing and I'm like that <laughs> Tony's sitting there he's reading about what's going on in the world and I'm just like blown away <laughs> then you get to training you know you're training with Alan Shearer Paul Ince like I'm talking proper old school players for me and uh, players you were a fan of oh yeah you're uh, a yeah. young guy yeah you're but... a 96 98 and then now I'm training with them it was just amazing and Shearer blew me away in a finishing session I couldn't believe what you were seeing today was just was hitting the top like, but you know you're a kid right straight so most uh, I don't know what you were doing 18 you so, went to uni or you know a lot of people go it. to uni I, you start college or like, you start it, sixth form or... Joe's, Joe's straight in there look, watching Shearer doing finishes yeah <laughs> it's it, and like looking back I look at my first lad's holiday to Malia yeah. right so I would have been 17 so I would have been older than great you, place Malia by the way and we turned the corner into Malia we all had shirts I had an England flag in the corner yeah. of this shirt Name and number on the back. Don't know why we did numbers. Shin pads? It was like, no shin pads. <laughs> shin pads. <laughs> and then underneath it said, the lads. <laughs> and I, I look back at these pictures and cringe because like, I just look tiny. Like, yeah, we yeah. all look uh, tiny and we all look so young. You must have felt like that, uh, but in an England shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're a talented player, yeah, but yeah. you must feel small. And... Yeah. But you know what? It's football. Once, once I was on the training pitch, I didn't want to get off because I was like, "I'm all right here." This is, but it was around the um, round the Bisham Abbey, and I, I didn't really know what to do. They remember this is before DVD players and fuck, this does man sound old, didn't it? So like, there was a card score. I thought I ain't got the money to play with these boys. So I'm not playing in the card school, so I was just sort of wandering around, like watching a bit of daytime TV. Neighbors home and away, <laughs> waiting for the next training session to come. <laughs> It's just a weird world you step oh, wow. into as a kid. And it was the famous game where Keegan retired. So we were sitting at Wembley watching the game, got beat, come down, and I'm standing outside the dressing room and Keegan's walked past and he's like, I'm not, I'm not up to this, I'm re- resigning. And the, the poor little um, PR person for England was like, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm standing there going, what is going on here? I've only turned up. Go, What's going on? <laughs> As if that was going to change his mind. 
And he's just gone, bang, come here, mate. Oh, I don't know, probably Nick Collins has come over. Like, all right. He said, yeah, I've had enough. I'm done. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was my first experience of England. <laughs> what an experience that was. Big thing this series on the pod, Joe, is yeah. about draft excluders, which yeah. are sort of new to the game, really. I yeah. don't think when you were a 16-year-old uh, or 18-year-old starting out in England, you were practising being a draft excluder. No. And to be honest with you, I don't think you'd potentially make a very good one. Uh, sli- I know you're above average height, as you keep pointing out. But yeah, we've, you're not we've, that we've far clarified off. that already. Clarified in England, and in do you Scotland. need a long draft in Scotland? I think I'd be a good draft. Oh, you yeah. real, you? <laughs> <laughs> but, but we've taken it up another level with the draft excluders this series. When we were chatting to Aaron Ramsdale, we discussed mm. going full frontal. Dave, there was a player who went full frontal the other day. I saw it. We've had two instances so far in the Premier League. Diogo Jota against Newcastle. Full frontal. Full frontal. And, and Dan James for Leeds against Arsenal. No, but the thing is, right, you can either take it in the mush, yeah. full frontal, but if you're facing the other way, you're going to take it somewhere, but then you're up for the rebound if you can get up lively. I don't know. No, but uh, if you're facing the goal, for one, it's cowardly, I think. Okay. Um, but secondly, if you are there, you're right, the rebound comes in, you salmon. Mm. Yeah, you? Yes, full salmon. <laughs> but you're up facing that, but I suppose you don't know when it's been struck. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Though? My job a lot was the charger. That's the worst oh, job in football. Oh, that is a bad job. You would never have got that job. No, no, like, no, that no. Is, is that just because you were rapid? No, that was just because I was not very good. I wasn't at anything not else. Big. I'm not going to beat anyone in the air. So you couldn't mark... If it clips to the far post, I'm no good to no one there. But I can take one in the mush as good as anyone. So. <laughs> no, there's nothing worse. Like, actually oh. charging. It's like, if you watch someone who doesn't actually really want to charge, like, they wait, yeah. the whistle goes, and then they bend their run a little bit, like, <laughs> yeah. just no, to make it later. Let, let me tell you, right, I've broken leg, ankle, toe, wrist. I've done my medials, right? The most pain I've experienced on a football pitch is charging <laughs> and taking one in the nuts. <laughs> I was I, I had a tear in my eye it was like straight in it was the, oh, it was oh, horrible worst we're on series 6 now I think this is right I don't think we've discussed the charge the art of charging no I, I agree I agree we, we first manning yeah. we've discussed mm, yeah um, the draft excluding yeah but charging that's like an unwritten we you, don't no one talks about right, charge yeah. do they right, listen, but everyone knows what listen, it is yeah. I, I was an experienced charger right so let me tell you I was you, an right. experienced charger <laughs> It's the worst job. When you get the jobs on set pieces, it's pretty easy. Like, I'm going to cop a few this year, right? No one's ever made a montage on YouTube of, fan- <laughs> of fantastic oh, chargers. Ooh, yeah. like, you know, like, you know, it's all about goals and yeah, beautiful saves. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's have a charging montage yeah. and there's people that can do that out there. Yeah, I think you're right. Send in your clips, people. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday league. If you can get it slow-mo as well, just a part of the game that doesn't get any recognition, like yeah. the first Manning. The best first man, Didier Drogba. Yeah, he was good. Oh, was unbelievable good. first man. Forget his goals. Yeah, Cup finals good. and that. <laughs> oh, first man, everyone. changes Wikipedia. I noticed yeah, that happened it. after J-Mo's. Yeah, yeah, it's been we, we mentioned about changing his Wikipedia mm. to also have that he was a striker and a model rather yeah. than just goalkeeper. Yeah. And sure enough, I'm saying the podcast was up half an hour and it was changed. So it was it? Was that quick? Blinded. Didier Drogba, it should be striker. First man. First man. <laughs> but you know, no, like, how much does a team actually appreciate a good first oh, man? Honestly. Like, nothing better, Crouchy, yeah, honestly. honestly. <laughs> this is what I mean. You're honestly, being quite serious. Yeah. No, no, I'm yeah. being genuinely serious. If you've got a good first man, right, Drogba, for instance, right? So if I'm picking up Chris Stark, it's on the board, right? Well, if no. I come in and Chris Stark scored... 
Mourinho's going to tear into me, right? I'll go, I've lost him, shit. First man gets it away. Like, oh, like, yeah. oh, everyone breathes a keeper. Yeah, everyone breathes yeah, a yeah. Thank God the first man's there. Yeah. <laughs> what we need as well, you know where they do the stuff at the start of the season, they step out in front of the camera, they go, Didier Drogba, striker. Yeah. We need one to step out and just be like, I mean, pick one. Kovacic, <laughs> charger. <laughs> yeah. But do it properly. Well, Joe Cole, break, break down the perfect charge. Okay, right. So, first of all, it's all about the timing, right? So, you, you take your position with the ref. As soon as the ref turns he's to look at what's going on in the box, you nick a foot. Mm. He'll look back again. Just ignore him. What? He's under pressure to get the free kick. So, he doesn't really want to come back. He's already messed about with the wall for 15 seconds. Mm. When he looks back, you nick, you've already nicked the foot. You think, I let him. He's only nicked half a foot. But you're I, part of the wall at this stage. Yeah, but you're just a little bit in front. And are you talking to your teammates? Are you saying, right, we're going to... Going. No, I'm focused. I'm <laughs> no okay, getting in the zone, they're not, right? They're okay, not saying to you, nah. Joe. Uh, nah. you, Joe, do you get the eye contact with the taker? Uh, Are you trying to intimidate the taker? Listen, that's all bravado. Okay. It's the ball. You're, you're the ball. You and the ball. So you're, you're the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't eye stop. contact with the ball, and that's yeah. it. But yeah. if the charger, the same way the draft excluder, it's not embarrassing anymore to just lie there under free kick. Don't you think the charger, if they're not going to be part of the wall, should be down in a sprint start? Like, ready I like to, what you're thinking. To, to get out. I like what you're thinking, but the first two yards are in your head. All right, so you got, <laughs> you've already nicked one yard from the ref, and then the second yard, just as he's about to strike it, you're gone. You're gone. I would imagine it's like when you've jumped from a from a plane. Yeah. You, that moment where you just got to go. Anything can happen now. Are you and going you, full front, or is there an element of, yeah. of a little twist. bit of side? A little bit. You know, there's a bit. There's a little bit of side. And uh, <laughs> I don't believe I'm discussing this. <laughs> I got Joe Cole on. It's got, you know, how many caps you got, Joe? We're discussing this. I'm going to brought my touch screen if you'd have known. Oh. We could have gone into the He's depth the touch of screen it. talent at BT. Like, we could have gone into the depths of it. We should do That's that. That's the should... video we should yeah. do. Boys, you know I'm the... desperate to get him on a t- you, know you should see screen. him on the touch screen, right? He's unreal. He just won't do it live. It's bullshit. I'm nervous wreck on the touch screen. So the touch screen, I always wondered, is it I'm a nervous wreck on it. Joe's good at it. Very good. That. Yeah, well, when I first started, you did, and it's nerve wracking. It's the, do you know what I mean? Because it's live TV at the end of the so, day. So, so you're like, I did a bit of that stuff previously with United, and one of the big things is getting the click right. Yeah, because you bottle it, don't you? Oh yeah. And sometimes the the circle yeah. is higher than you think, and yeah. you look like an idiot, don't you? Yeah, you're like, well, I, I, uh, yeah, I've clicked it in the right yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple of them moments clicking for dear life. Yeah, and you're like, well, it's not working. Yeah, yeah. Take me off air. Yeah. Get me out of I here. I know, I know. You just got to blag it. You have to, yeah. You've always got that bin button. Yeah. The bin that brings you right <laughs> back to start. Yeah. And you just breathe and you go yeah, but again. You can't do that whilst you do I've never seen someone hit oh, that. Yeah, they, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or you do. I, I'm against like the Sorry. I'm more comfortable. Like, off air, I'm like, bang, bang, let's do this. Oh. Little, like, then on air, I sort of freeze a bit and go, <laughs> Joe, can you do them? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm getting there, you know, I'm getting My there. My mates tune in every game to watch me fuck it up. <laughs> they love it. That's the, I know what they're hoping for, make their year. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both, 
in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's been good to go in depth about your charging, but charging wasn't the only part of your game, of course. It was a really strong part of your game, but, it, you know, <laughs> did have more to your game. Did have more to your game. Dave, when Joe was under uh, Jose, was there anything that you could pick out stats-wise that you can share with us? I think defensively was a big one. That 2004-5 yeah. team has got the best defensive record ever, yeah. 15 goals conceded. I think the big thing there, like structurally as a team, I think one of the big yeah. things we saw with both of the wide players, yourself and yeah. let's say a Duff or a Robin dropping yeah. back. Yeah. What was what was different with Jose to make you get into that the right position at that time? Well, he liked partnerships on the pitch. So I played on the right, Paolo Ferreira played behind me. What he was very big on was... was You'd pick up left back, right? And if he if he if he got a cross in, it was my responsibility, not the right backs. Do you know what I mean? So I love playing with Paolo Ferreira. I think he's one of the most underrated players I've played. He's a fantastic. He won the Champions League twice. Fantastic right back. So when we played against an attacking fullback like Arsenal, for instance, Ashley Cole, I was like like Atletico Madrid. It ended up at times a six, mm. really, and you had the double right back when we didn't have a ball and. It, you just knew if you if you got it wrong. Like there was a game we played Barcelona in the new camp. Van Bronckhorst was playing left back, and I was playing right midfield. And it was the first time I played against Ronaldinho. Stupidly, so the ball's gone into Ronaldinho. He's pinned Paolo Ferreira, and he's got. We're all in a nice defensive position. We're all set. I'm with. I can see Van Bronckhorst, and he's made a run. Like, and I thought that's a stupid run. He's never going to get that. And Ronaldinho just gone, done done something. Lollipop, bang. Back killed it into Van Bronckhorst. It's one of them moments on the pitch when I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Van Bronckhorst whipped across. Essu's missed it by a by a Rizzler. I mean, and I'm gone. And I've got and I've just seen Joe. I don't call him I'm ignoring it, but I've just seen Jose bounce out the tunnel like, and it's his arms going everywhere. It, that was because it was Ronaldinho, and I took a gamble where I let Van Bronckhorst run. And I thought, right now, for the rest of the 40 or 50 games, there's no ever, there's not going to be a fullback that's going to run past me. Like, 99% of the time, I'm not playing against Ronaldinho, and he ain't about to get the ball there. But I just thought, right, I'm going every time. I'm going every time. So it was basically, he just had non-negotiables. And yeah, if anyone yeah, yeah. gets a crossing from that side, that's it's my you. responsibility. Especially, yeah. we've, we was like Atletico Madrid, mm. in my opinion. Now, when I look, that's the closest. You get to it. I wasn't playing in like a, where Griezmann plays for them. I suppose it was one of the, the, the outside, wide, the wide, yeah. the wide of a four type. You mm. know what I mean? So, but listen, I, I didn't have as much touches of the ball in the final third as I would have liked. So if you was playing modern football now, you, you would do. But I still, listen, winning trophies is the best. So I, I did love it. But how, you know, like you said you were playing on the right there. You played on the left a lot for England. Yeah. Like you played behind the front. You played in the central mm. midfield. You know, you played, like yeah. what? What would you say is your best position? Um, what do you enjoy the most? I often think so. I'd love to play in this era where <clears throat> I'd be like almost like Bernardo Silva. I'd like to be central, just picking, getting on the ball all the time. You know what I mean? I wouldn't necessarily be a, a wide attacking player like a Sterling or 
a Grealish now. I'd be sort of, I want to be central. So like an attacking central midfielder or just a Mason Mount, you know, it's similar. But the f- modern football now, I look at it and think, oh, I'd have loved to have played. Listen, so I'd are you saying, have played did, did England not get it right for you, do you think? England didn't get it right for any of us. <laughs> like, let's get it right. Like, but like, let's get it right. Like, listen, we had, so, when I look at the quality of players that we had and Sven, love him, do you know what I mean? great manager in his time but he had a way of playing and it was outdated it was very English the way he played we thought we were going to get in this exotic manager who's going to come in with his new ideas and he come in alright lads 4-4-2 and we're like alright okay and I think it's been proven now the type of players we're producing that we're on the right path we're playing football the right way defenders who can come yeah. out with a ball you know mid playing through the lines midfielders who can handle the ball off both feet and then it allows your forward players like your Grealish your Foden your Sterling's Sancho, whoever it may be, to, to flourish because they're getting the ball fed into there. It's a system, to, whereas before, in our time, it was right, we need to be strong defensively. When you get the ball, do what you want. And the amount of times I played for England and we're playing against teams, I'm thinking, how are these keeping the ball? I know you play in the Championship for someone, you play in the Polish League, I'm playing with Steven Gerrard, Beckham, and they're just popping it because they was tactically more drilled. And we, we've taken us 10, 15 years to catch up. And we've caught up now. Big shot. I, th- I think yeah. that's that's an interesting one from England's perspective because it would, was screaming out for a Freeman midfield for how long? For like yeah. 10, 15 years. But he tried it, right? Sven tried it on occasions. He dropped mm. Beckham into that sort of quarterback role. He was bypassing Frank and Stevie and Frank and Stevie weren't really as comfortable like receiving the ball as 10s. Frank would tell you himself, he didn't like, although he scored so many goals, he, he didn't like receiving the ball in a half turn. He liked to just have a look and in time he's run Stevie could do anything it was like Roy of the Rovers but Bex would be like getting it right let me sh- let me just sh- let me just ping it there and ping it there because I'm a great pass of all but there was no work in training we go right okay Stevie can play in that 10 like but, but Frank can't so let's, let's play through the lines let's get Rio and JT two of the best footballing centre halves mm. never showed the level of their quality because they was always playing within themselves I'm just going to have to bring this in when you think about Joe Cole well when I think about Joe Cole we have the goal against Sweden yeah Chris, well, are you ready? 2006. 2006. I had a front you, row view you're, this you're one. In, you're, yeah, you're in this look, one. Look, yeah, crouch, yeah. I would even say that you got the assist here because you were the last <laughs> England player to touch the ball before. Beckham, wide right, ball yeah. into the box. Crouchy, back stick. Yeah. Melberg clears. Oh, Anderson yeah. wide. Yeah. As an this is great commentary. What, what happens now? 20 years of football into one moment, but listen, I can't complain. It was a great goal. And uh, yeah, and the only reason I shot was because I was fucking exhausted. <laughs> I would never, I would never shot from there in my career. That weren't my game, 30-yard yeah. screamers. I think right here, I mean, the ball's sitting up. Your mind frame is relax, compose, fucking blast off. <laughs> <laughs> you got no right to score from there, have you? No, no. He was about six foot seven, the keeper, uh, wasn't he? <laughs> it's a big um, Yeah, it's lovely. Good times. Yeah, lovely times. Celebration. Look at that. Look at the look Barney at the, as well. Uh, just oh, strong. look. First on the scene. Yeah, look, always the first on brothers. the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have knew? BT's finest. <laughs> Fast forward 20 BT's years. You like you tried to lift him up, but then can't. Well, that was um, a bit heavier than I looked. Just, we, yeah, he was... Yeah, I didn't realise he was 5'9 and a half. 5'9, <laughs> <laughs> he would have been straight up. <laughs> All right, let's get on to a few of your messages. We've been a bit slack on the messages in the last couple of pods, Crouchy. Joe, you got one there. You're right. If you had to spend the weekend with four managers you played under, who would you choose? Good question. Oh, it is a good question. That's from Jordan. Nice one, Jordan. I'm thinking of Sven here. You know, like I'm thinking... <laughs> well, we know where Sven, Sven would be. 
Um, I'll have Sven number one pick, I think, if I was going... I think we open this up and say you can decide between you both. Four managers that you've both played right. under. So, right, so me, and Joe, Joe. me and Joe are going on holiday. You two And are we're going. taking four managers between us. Ooh. The wild, yeah. Where are we going? Malia. 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 Let's, go, let's go to Malia. Oh, we're going yeah. to Malia. We're going to Malia with the lads. Let's go. First right. lads holiday. Shirts have been made and everything. Right. Yeah. So are we, are we young single lads here? I don't think it should be about like a young... Sven, for example, I think it should be. Oh, be, be, be a young Sven would be first pick. <laughs> on anyone's lads it's it's you two in your prime first lads holiday, right? First okay. lads holiday, not prime. But the managers sort of stay the same, at the same, same, at the same complex. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sven, yeah. Sven, Sven's coming. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Sven's good. Sven's <laughs> this numbers will be quite high though. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd struggle to convert them, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's a 17-year-old crouch. Really high XG, no goals. Yeah, no goals. I mean, it's like De Bruyne playing with a 17-year-old crouch. <laughs> uh, I think if this, is, if this is answered right, then there'll Great be a question. group of guys who go on a, a holiday to Malia, but they should be dressed up as the people you come up with here. Right. So it'd be Crouchy... Cole, Sven. Sven. We need three others. It's a great question. Get the mind boggles, man. Bo- the mind boggles. boggles. You, you bring it. You bring Harry. Yeah, yeah you, you bring Harry. Hundred percent. Do you know you why you bring Harry? You've just woken up about eleven, right? He'll be already down by the pool. In them holidays, you get them dark moments, don't you? You start. Oh, what did I do last night? And he's just there to put his arm on your shoulder. He's, he's gone right, and son. got a couple of the sun beds either side. Yeah, Come yeah, sit yeah, down, yeah, yeah, Come sit yeah, down. yeah. And he's listen. Harry is the best storyteller of it. Like he's he's a blinder. Great round of dinner table yeah. in the evenings. Oh, he's brilliant. He's in the holiday. He's got the shirt. Harry yeah. on the back. I think we need a, a mother figure, right? Yeah, that maybe could help, help help the lads out when they're you know when they've been out on you know until three in the morning. You mean a bit to... of a Mister Sensible? Um, yeah, maybe a Mister Sensible. Someone that would sort the kebabs you out at the end of the have night. Have a water. Yeah, have uh, a water. Carlo Ancelotti. Oh. Well, let's get into this. What was what was Carlo Ancelotti like? Ah, just uh, just a gentleman, and he uh, every player who's played for him loved him. I don't know anyone who don't. First night out we had as a team, we had a team meal, and he joined in, and we went to an Italian restaurant in London, and I was late. There was only one seat next to the gaffer, and you're walking in, and I'm like, oh no, what's like next to the gaffer for two hours, like, and I'm late, and you don't really know. He just sat me down. So he's, the lads all got the Diet Cokes and all that. And, and I'm, he pours me out a shot of grappa. And we ain't even had the, we ain't even had the minestrone soup yet. <laughs> so we're like, so I've done the shot. All right, gaffer, little boom. Like, like, and I'm waiting for him to like chastise me. And then he just gone, poured me another one. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just there just banging this grappa back at this meal. But only you and him. <clears throat> only me no and him. Else. No one else. Like just telling me stories about Milan and that. And I'm just, as I'm getting a bit looser, I'm asking, what's he like? What's he like? So you absolutely, he's the best company ever. Everyone else And let me tell you this, that. I, I had Everyone. my big major knee injury when I was, my last year at Chelsea and I went in for an operation and he's the only manager, like he took the time, he rung me like just before I was going out to the operation and it just means a lot, little touches like that. Do you know what I mean? You're on the, just good luck, don't worry, you'll be all right. So I love Carlo. He's like a big bear, like of a man, and yeah, he's not sensible though. One more space left on the the flight. Runny airy with the pizzas. Uh, no, it's not coming. 
Oh, you, you don't. Know. I like Claudia. I like, I like Claudia. I just, I just don't know what he brings to the occasion. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> like, so, you know what I mean? Sorry. No, I'm like, no, but you've been not going away with these lads often, are we? So. <laughs> it's better to get it right. Better to get it right. Capello'd spoil, spoil oh, it. He'd ruin it, Capello, it. wouldn't he? I, I, Taking I, the catch up off the table. No, nah, there'd be no. Like, Tighten at you when you're buttering uh, your toast. Butter, get out of it. No ketchup. Yeah. No, forget get that. out of it, fabs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, big uh, Phil Big Phil Scolari Big Phil Yeah he's a good He's a good guy But he's bringing The same energy as Carlo I'm trying to I want to mix it up A little bit Avram Grant Oh too too heavy Too heavy Honestly <laughs> too Avram, Avram's party Too much like it'd be, it'd be one of them You'd be having to like Make sure he's alright Like get him a water To get up <laughs> <laughs> so you, you go out Avram like loves it Avram seven, loves 7 it. o'clock in the wow. you know in the evening you'd be you like me and Crash be like Avram's out yeah. <laughs> someone take him home he's causing murders <laughs> <laughs> oh my god everyone have a good night what about Avram like, have you seen him this morning <laughs> he likes a party Avram he goes a go he has a right go so I'm in Dubai last year I might add I'm in a nightclub and I don't go to nightclubs very often but I'm in there with my pal. It's about two in the morning. <clears throat> and my pal's gone to me. One of your managers is over there. 2.30 in the morning in the Dubai <laughs> nightclub. And he said to me, if you guess who it was, I'll buy all the drinks. I'll, I'll get the bill. <laughs> right? And I've just gone, he said, you've got three chances. And I went, I don't know. I thought it could be Jose. I don't know. Like, it's a nice gaff. It was Avram. Turned <laughs> <up>. <laughs> that's, that's why we can't take him. We don't where we'll end up. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think Avram should be there. Yeah, yeah it's got a wild card. Yeah. Element, oh, wild the card. thing is, everyone's gonna have a good time. You've got loads of stories. <laughs> yeah, you come back and go. Everyone will go talk yeah. about what yeah. Avram was up to. Yeah. And I get to I, a I, police station, but you could mm, apologise yeah. and you yeah. know. It, it yeah, would be and fine. I d- he's I like Avram. He's a really good man, and he's he he done a great job at Chelsea. And to be fair, most places his record's unbelievable. You know, so uh, yeah. It's, Going to be carnage. So look, if you if you are listening to this, right, a lot of people Great listen question. to this, and you and you're going on holiday. Yeah, thanks, Jordan, for the question. Yeah, um, and you're going on a lads' holiday, right? We need six of you in shirts on the back. We want to see Redknapp. <laughs> I suppose I'd like to see Sven on the back rather than Ericsson. But yeah. you, you know, you know where I'm getting at. Ancelotti, Grant. Crouch and Cole. That's the photo we need. <laughs> is that like? Is that possible? That will happen. That, that will happen. And, uh, well, oh, I, I love I, this program. Honestly, I don't think there's, just... there's any time where this hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> is that... It will happen. Will happen. Will happen yeah. Yeah. Ideally, if you can design something funny on the front of the shirts as well, yeah, um, and then we can of course bang that up and, on the socials. And whoever has the Avram one, that has to be the carnage of the group. <laughs> the story will get even better. Yeah. Who's your Avram Grant? <laughs> <laughs> Who's <laughs> <laughs> the Avram of the group? Everyone's got one. Boy, he's got this message from Sam here. It says, I moved to Singapore six months ago and started playing futsal. I was discussing how Statman Dave reckons goalies are going to be midfielders in 10 years' time. And a guy instantly shouted out, Peter Crouch, pass the pod. I was amazed to see how far the pod has been passed. That's pretty awesome. Isn't Singapore. It? Singapore, passing of the pod there. <sighs> Superb. I suppose it's a good opportunity this to just thank everyone that has been passing the pod, especially like since we've come back, because I don't know about you, Crouch, I'm still getting so many messages from people going, stop dicking around and bring the podcast back. And they're not realising that it, it is back. It's back. Yeah. I, I had it today, actually. Someone's saying, oh, when you bring the pod back, like it is back. Mm. We need to get word out there. Pass the pod. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's something you can help with, Joe, at all, in just um, drumming up a bit of yeah. essentially just get people back involved in this. Lots of people love the podcast. There's lots of people listening. If you listen to this now, well done. You know, you found us kind yeah. of thing. But I do get a vibe that there's a lot of people who are missing out. I think we need to go again on the sort of passing the pod. Yeah, nicely um, said. Up that and also, I quite like I quite like the way you know it's done, like it, a little bit differently. You know, mm. if you whatever, lots of different ways of passing the pod. So yeah, and also because of kind of how we do the podcast now, we can reward people for doing this. And obviously, we see a lot of the stuff you guys are doing on social in terms of getting the podcast out there, making some noise around it. I saw some great stuff about these guys that were in a pub. Um, Asking to borrow people's phones than just subscribing to the podcast. <laughs> oh, that's nice. On that. Oh, that's nice. I, I do don't that. know what the rules are, but that sounds amazing. No, to I me. like it. Like, I like it. I'm all for it. I think we need a bit Still more people's of that. phones. As long as you give them back, subscribe and pass them back. But most importantly, I think what we can do now as well with this podcast is, is sort of reward by giving away some of Crouchy stuff. Um, you can sort of just have a route around, maybe. I'll have a route around, yeah, and I will, I'll give away some, fa- well, I mean, last yeah. time it was a bra and pants, fantastic. Yeah. But I, I'll do, I'll do better this time. Yeah, I think, I think we'll do it like this, like, there's no, uh, rules to this, but if you can sort of demonstrate that you've been passing the pod, proof's nice, doesn't, it's not totally required, we trust you. Um, hit us up on social, you know, explain what you've been doing to pass the pod. And um, and we'll start giving out a few things to people that. Why don't we do practice. something good this time? Like, and that was a bit of a joke. Like, why don't I do actually something that people might want? Like, I don't know. Like, I was thinking about like a like a hat trick ball or a man in the match champagne. That'd or, be amazing. Or, or something like a bit of a memento from yeah that actually does mean a little bit to me. Like, past the pod, I'll get something good out the out the cupboard. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, so think about it. Get us on the socials, the podcast. You you know you, you know where to find it on socials or me and P or Statman Dave. Or just email us. That's the other way to do this. The email address is... It's Peter... <laughs> dot, dot crouch, crouch at acast.co.uk Dot com. And that's, yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> so, there you yeah, go. There you go. On that email address. Address. <laughs> Could you clarify that again? <laughs> email address? It's peter.crouch at acast.com so in the last episode, we had our first advert produced by a listener, which I, was was better than I remember it. When I heard the podcast back, it was one of the funniest. I loved it. I loved it. I've seen a picture of it now. It's massive. It's yeah. one of the biggest printers I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just from the 1980s. So if you wanted to get your hands on it, £5, I think he was charging. Yeah. So the whole point of this is, obviously, there's adverts on this podcast, and we thought it'd be a great opportunity, because loads of you listening to this right now, that one of you can come on and just advertise or or give away some bit of rubbish, any old shit that you've got lying around. Uh, but you can kind of use the power of the pod to, to get rid of it. And you guys aren't disappointing with these. At the time of recording, Laurie has had a good deal of interest in his fucking massive printer, but I think it'd be good to hear another advert. I'd love to. You ready for this? I, I've not actually heard this yet. Neither have I. Hello, Chris. Hello, Crouchy. If this ends up getting into the show, this is absolutely mental because my name is Jasper William Cartwright and I am here to sell my flat. That is right. I have a two-bedroom, two-bathroom flat in central Manchester to sell. Basically, we've had a sale agreed twice, but we've had two absolute cars back out of the last second. And we have a dream home lined up, which we can't move into until we sell this one. So if you're looking for a flat in central Manchester with a roof garden, an underground parking and a concierge, then hit me up on Instagram or, or Twitter or or something at JW underscore Cartwright and I'll send you all the details. Thanks for the pod, boys. I absolutely love it. And after I sell this flat, I'll be back stronger. 
<laughs> that's what it's all about. Wow. But he looks, he sounds like he, he sells adverts for a living. He sounded like Terry Tibbs at one point. Do you need a quality used motor? <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a 90s kind of like, like, like who's the fella who was on Funhouse? Like, yeah. oh my God. Pat like, Shop. <laughs> Pat Shop. Pat Shop's yeah, advertising yeah, through it. the box. Pat Shop. That is Pat Shop. He's lying. He's had that for years and he's trying to get shot of it. He's had it rented out. No one's rented it anymore. Pat Sharp from the Funhouse is lying. He's blagging his way in. He's trying to sell his flat. <laughs> Also, a bit of um, house housery, I suppose you'd have to call it there. That, What's he asking for, though? Well, because he wants to get... he wants to, They've got a dream home. They just can't sell their gaff at the moment, can they? Because these people keep putting in bids and then pulling yeah, out. Yeah, Carl's keep pulling out. But I think if you are interested in this or need more details, obviously, we'll put this thing out on, on social, have a look there. Um, or, or if this just piques your interest a little bit, feel free to email into the podcast and, and we can maybe link you guys up. It'd be amazing if we could solve his housery. But In also, we sense. could turn this podcast into, like, purple bricks. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible shout. No, anyway, let's, let's, great, let's crack like, we, could, we could essentially start <laughs> selling houses through the pod. It's, 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 a, it's a brilliant idea. The new purple bricks, potentially. Uh, so, <laughs> what are we going to call so, it? <laughs> load of pricks. <laughs> okay. Imagine someone with a, a card outside their hat. You know, one of them signs just says load of pricks. <laughs> For sale. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Instead of, load, instead of purple bricks, we're going to call ourselves load of pricks. <laughs> you see them everywhere. So your house through load of pricks. <laughs> All right. So I think you're getting a feel for what, what's needed here. If you're selling a printer or if you're selling your house, it's all good. Let us know. Send us a little email. Peter.crouch at acast.com. Joe, thanks so much for doing this, mate. I really appreciate it. Loved it. Um, Loved it. I've enjoyed it. I just can't believe that we're going to get this group of lads in them kits. <laughs> I'm, buzzing <laughs> on that. I'm buzzing off that, you know that. Honestly, people will love the challenge of this. Yeah. We need to see it. I think it needs to be like abroad somewhere, though. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Do, I don't know if you saw recently, me, myself and Jermaine Defoe went to uh, Crete. I think it was. It was a stag do where I was a big tall fella, a little fella, <laughs> and they had my sh- two England shirts on for the whole and full kits for the the whole time. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Right, let's make it happen. Yeah, just work out who your Avram is, and um, obviously look after him a little bit. Yeah, because it sounds like they're going to have a wild time. Yeah, we we'll have a wild time anyway. But you know, drink like, responsibly. Yeah. All because of Joe Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I love that email from Jordan before. I, I've got to say, the emails that we're getting into this podcast are another level. I think this is the thing I've missed the most about, you know, when we weren't doing the podcast for a while, the gap. Some of the best things that we've done are have been from emails. Yeah. Some of the best questions for the guests that we get on. Yeah, you're talk, talking about finding out that Avram Grant is in a complete nutcase. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I will say this as well. I don't want to do us down. I think we've been a bit lax in tackling as many emails as we could do on this podcast. I'm wondering if we've had some amazing guests on last few pods. I wonder if we just dedicate the next podcast to getting few few more messages. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I love the messages we get in and it, it just something comes up from them every time something incredible happens yeah from some of these emails you've got some great questions yeah let's do that i also think we need to touch on a few footballing issues at the moment one of the major ones being which i'm surprised you haven't given me more shit for um relegation watford 
uh, obviously now going down. I'm back in the championship. We haven't really chatted about any of that, have we? I know it's a tough time for you, really, mate. I don't want to. I don't want to rub that in. You yeah. know, like relegation. I've been through it myself. It's horrendous. All right. Well, we'll give you a bit of time to think about what you want to talk about on that one, and we'll do that in the next pod. Then, nice. Um, Brewdog admin, where are we up to? Brewdog Beer Wizard's been promising me a taste test for a while, and he sent down his colleague, the Beer Whisperer, to help us <laughs> taste taste some beers uh, and decide on the flavourings of the laout. Yeah. So we're tasting a few beers today. <laughs> what a job. Can I throw something in, right? As a statistician, I don't want us to be sitting on the fence. Let's yeah, say hello yeah. to the Beer Whisperer. Hi, guys. Pleasure to be here. Excited to be here. Big fan of the podcast. So um, great to come down on behalf of the Beer Wizard. He doesn't really leave the brewery that much. He's kind of like a Willy Wonka figure, so we don't really let him out in public. Right. So, so how it's kind of working with the Lau at the moment is people are turning up in pubs, just getting a lager and a stout, mixing it together yeah. half and half. Everyone's improvising. Yeah. But you're going to be able to dig down on the technicalities of what we're after by, and I love this, us tasting a few of the Brewdog beers that you've brought along today. Yeah, well, this is the hard work. This is the real legwork behind designing mm. a beer is, is trying about 10 different ones and then trying to figure out if you can still see and if you can still see then trying to figure out what what beers you want to kind of combine into into the loud so we'll start with a classic right yeah so lost lager is our kind of standard lager four and a half percent alcohol not too boozy nice and pale so i think this kind of sums up what you might want about a lager in the loud right this feels like this could be the one are we ready to taste we... oh sorry I went... we've already <laughs> tasted yeah we're well ahead of you i went already that's the one I don't know if you guys have ever tried a like a, a big strong lager. Well, that, I'll, I'll pour you out for this, right? You can use the same glass, right? We're not we're not going to be fancy about it. So this, right, let me finish that one. This lager's brewed for ninety days, and it's eight percent alcohol. So this is a Fuck this me. is this is what we call a <laughs> yeah this is what we call a bock lager. Nine percent, eight percent big boozy. It's called a bock because it comes from the town of Einbeck in Germany. So it's a German style bock lager. It says on the can, amplified German lager. Yeah. So that means sort of German lager. We've cranked it up. So I think what you get is a bit more, German. like, more toffee caramel, kind of sweeter than the Belgian. lost lagers, a bit not quite as sweet. Thing is, the second you said toffee... Yeah, you mm, taste the sweetness. I taste, taste that then. Yeah, a little that's, bit caramel. That's what's weird when you said that until yeah. then I couldn't... And then I'd, I was tasting... And I'd be worried if you add that in the laut, the laut's going to be too sweet and it's, it's not going to be refreshing because you want it to be a refreshing drink, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah it, needs, it needs to be. This this one it reminds me, this is similar to what the kind of vibe we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Like the purple sort of silver two-tone thing. If we yeah. could get the... Bigger can. You know, the, the um, if we could get like the, the, the lager and the stout encapsulated in the can. Yeah, okay. That would... But you don't want either of the beers to actually be purple. No. This the big is... purple one. This is this is like a this, bigger can. Yeah, a big purple one. Jet black heart. Oh, yeah, I didn't realise you were already oh, involved in oh, stuff. That looks good. Oh, if you look at oh, the texture, coloration of that. I thought this was a purple drink we were about. No, to drink. sadly not. That's the um that's the WKD beer that we haven't made yet. Oh, this oh. looks good, or yeah. so I think that kind of texture is nice, right? Yeah. Mm. I smell mm. Oh, chocolatey. Chocolatey, right? Mm. A little bit of coffee as well. Oh, like, yeah, almost coffee. like an espresso martini. That's oh, what I'm tasting. Espresso what? martini. Yeah. So are you calling that a stout? Yeah, that's yeah, a stout, yeah. So what makes a stout a stout then? The dark colour, which comes from dark malts, dark barley. That's what gives it that kind of dark colour. That's what we what we call a stout. Um, it's a little stronger than most stouts. It's 6%, so it's a little bit punchier, and it's quite sweet. I've got another beer in my <laughs> magical icebox. 
This is called Shadow Maker, which is a cool name, and it's a black can for a black beer, so there's no confusion around the colour purple. Now, hang on. So this is a dry Irish stout? Dry so Irish stout. So, yeah, this is a very traditional Irish-style stout, which means it won't be as sweet as that one. It'll be a little bit more... Try it, mate. A little bit more crisp, which is maybe what you want if you want a refreshing lout. You might want a more crisp stout. And I think you'll get a bit more foam on this as well. A bit more oh, head. This, look, this looks it. And the colour's good. See, look at that. Yeah, you see, that colour is lovely, actually, that. <laughs> nice bit of foam. Yeah, sorry. I'm just Apparently. in my element right now, guy. Look. It is, yeah. It's a great day at the office, should, this. We should do great more of this. We should do more of this. So, where are we up with this? So, with this Irish dry stout, first of all, not as boozy, right? You haven't got 6%, you've only got 4%. So, it's a kind of standard strength 4% stout. And then not as sweet, not, not as much coffee. It's a bit fizzy. It's a little bit more refreshing, I would say. It's a bit fizzier, isn't it? Not mm. quite as creamy. So it's almost got that fizz of a lager, mm. but in a stout. So I think we're getting warmer with this one. Because uh, you want the fizz of the lager with the kind of... Yeah, my only issue is doesn't the lager flavor? provide the, the, the fizz and then yeah. you tone it down with the stout. So I think what we can do is we can take the best bits of both because it's like a fizzy. That's how I imagine stout. the louts would taste. Yeah. 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 Own. I think we can take this, but we can add a bit more lager flavor. So let's make the blend of the perfect lout. Let's do it, Beer Whisperer. Okay. Right, let's do the taste test. That is spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That is honestly spectacular. But do you know what he's just blended there? That is it. That is the loud. Yeah. In its finest. Have you have you actually remembered? Because if you haven't, we're that's a nice drink. Yeah, that yeah. Is like not, honestly, that's actually, I, like, I think I think we've got all the key aspects. So we've what got are the, the key color. aspects? Please. We've got we've got the color, the dark color of the beer, with a little bit of that light lager color shining through. Yeah. We've got the nice kind of creamy foam. We've got the kind of slightly chocolatey but still crisp and refreshing from the lager working together. There's a bit of that, bit of roaster coaster, bit of jet black heart. We had a little a bit, bit of lost, bit of treehouse, and a bit of lost. I think it was four beers. Can, can you if you if you come up with something similar to that I'll, I'll be happy okay i think we can put i think up. we can pull this off there's actually so we we really like the bavarian lager right from the mm. south of germany and just over the border in czech republic they brew black lager so we could try and pull inspiration from that and try and get some of that bohemian bavarian czech flavor in there and then you'll get that kind of like influence in there too which would be great the listeners can't say that we've we have, we have left no stone unturned in the oh, quest for loads. There's not many stones unturned here, no. The journey continues. Be gone, beer whisperer. Back to the beer wizard. I couldn't sell my house for six months. And then I got in touch with a load of bricks. And now we've got our dream house. It's a belter. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned round to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net. 